Hello, you're listening to Heroes and Headwinds. It's a podcast brought to you by The Culinary Edge. I'm Graham Humphreys, CEO at The Culinary Edge, and I lead a team of food and beverage innovators who, maybe like you, solve today's problems and create tomorrow's opportunities for food and beverage. This podcast brings you into the conversations that we have with our heroes in the industry, discussing how to brave the headwinds of an ever-changing and challenging F&B landscape. Along the way, we hope you'll get to know our guests as we have as friends, collaborators, and inspirations for a brighter future. Dan Anfinson is the visionary force behind Slapfish, a renowned seafood-centric restaurant chain known for its innovative and sustainable approach to dining. Dan is also the CEO of Mac Hike Restaurant Group, which has a major First Watch franchise, and this week won First Watch's Franchise Partner of the Year award. Known by most for his ability running restaurants, only a few of us know that he moonlights as a lead vocalist and guitarist. Dan joins me to discuss all this and more. Welcome, Dan. Congratulations on your award. We're thrilled to have you join us on the pod. Thanks for having me, Graham. We'll just jump straight in then. Dan, we've talked about this before. There are some of us who have come to food and beverage more recently, like me, and there are some folks who literally leapt from the womb with a par inventory sheet in hand. I think I know which one you are. Tell us what drew you to a career in food and beverage. Well, you know, I grew up around it as both my parents uh, were in uh, the food beverage industry with my father being uh, with Jack in the Box for well over 20 years, and my mom was on the corporate side of Jack in the Box and the uh, administrative and then the HR side. And so I grew up around it when we were kids, and my dad was a general manager. He would take us to work when we couldn't get a babysitter, and the cashiers would babysit us, and we would uh, eat breakfast jacks and croissants throughout the day and play Legos. So I've always been around it, and then when I turns uh, out turned, uh, nothing's much changed. Nothing's much like changed. Much the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, right down to the Legos, actually. But uh, when I turned 15 uh, and a half, um, uh, I decided to uh, uh, cannonball in the pool of the business and start as a dishwasher at a pizza place in Temecula, California, and, and then honestly have not looked back since those days. So. Um, it's been a hell of a ride, and, and uh, the good part is, is I started literally at the ground floor and and uh, have uh, been blessed and extraordinarily fortunate and lucky to be surrounded by some incredible leaders who took a chance on a on a pretty uh, a, a cocky kid at a time and who thought he knew more than the world could offer, and, and uh, they saw something in me and uh, put me under their wing, and here we are today, so it's... Uh, it's been a heck of a ride so far. But you still spend a lot of time on the shop floor, right? I think that, you know, I always see you uh, traveling from restaurant to restaurant, from market to market. How much of your time are you still spending in the shop for these days? Well, you know, I, I firmly believe uh, our industry is, is really the people industry surrounded by food and beverage. And where I get my natural highs to be around the people, um, one of the most exciting things about uh, – uh, the restaurant business in general is that every day is different. And, uh, uh, you know, it's there's a saying, you can take yourself out of the restaurant, but you can't take the restaurant out of you. Mm-hmm. So I get a natural high of being in that environment, being with our teams. Yeah. And uh, and quite honestly, uh, that's where all the best ideas come from. You know, they're, 
There, there's, there's a saying that 80% of the solutions your team already has for you. You just got to listen. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been the, I'm in the field quite often listening to the team, asking questions, um, you know, being a goofball when the time is appropriate and, uh, jumping in and having fun with them as well. But I, 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 I'm not a nine to five Monday through Friday office guy. I've never, I never will be. Um, and, uh, being out there and, and, uh, you know, getting through a rush or being side by side with that dishwasher or that counter server or that cook, um, and that manager is, is incredibly uh, rewarding for me. And, uh, again, I'm typically the dumbest guy in the room when I'm around them from the perspective of I'm asking them as they're on the front lines, what's working, what's not working. If you had a magic wand of the day, what would you change? What could be better? Um, and what do we do? Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you only get that type of education and feedback yeah. is when you're out there. So um, mm-hmm. that's why I like to do I it. I was hoping, I was hoping you were going to tell us a, this story you took us up to 15 and a half a moment ago. I think there's another story about when you were 17 and you got through, what was it, 150 people in 10 minutes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about that one again. Well, you know, um, it was funny. I, I, I ended up going from the pizza place to Carl's Jr. And that was the first time I really got to be a cook. And I'll never forget uh, the time we had uh, two busloads uh, of uh, kids come in. They were sports teams. And the bus loads were packed. It was, I believe, it was a track and field team, and uh, we just got annihilated. And um, you know, you can imagine 150 people coming into the Carlos Junior all at one time. Plus, you have the drive-through going right, and uh, and there's only four of us working. And to be able to go through that type of rush, and you can and you can be with the team, and and you can and you can get that food out. Uh, it was the most exhilarating 10 minutes of the of the day. But quite honestly, it was a defining one of the defining moments in my career from the perspective mm-hmm. of going, that was fun. And to be able to to go through that and then and then lead a team through those types of situations, and not necessarily all the time, you know, cooking uh, you know, 150 burgers in a matter of Thank minutes. Goodness. But even what we're doing at Slapfish now with the brand transformation, it's the same type of idea, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a we have two bus loads full of obstacles in front of us, and uh, we're leading the team to get through those things. And it, it, there is something to be said about getting addicted to that high. Um, uh, and uh, and quite honestly, it's it's part of the fuel that continues to drive um, me and and I'll even venture to say my team today uh, on uh, on uh, pressing forward and truly winning. So, uh, but it, that was the first time that happened was literally two busloads full of kids coming in and ordering Western bacon cheeseburgers. And uh, it's your responsibility to get them out within uh, five minutes or less. And we took 10, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone was upset about that. That uh, That is an old school hospitality defining moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for the people that don't know on the call, Slapfish is your concept and you've got... 20 some units right now and you've been working on really transforming and turning around that brand and getting it into you know fast casual rotation right right it's a seafood brand which not many people succeed in yeah very true you know there's usually either one of two sides of seafood there's either the fast food which is typically you see the fried you know fried catfish or fried uh, um, uh, shrimp yeah. uh, type of side of our business 
or the white tablecloth right. where you have the exotic seafood dishes or like a miso sea bass, um, uh, you, you know, or, or, a, or a really done up red fish, for example. And we firmly believe there is opportunity in the, between those in the middle uh, where you can still get kind of that white tablecloth quality of food, of seafood, um, within a fast casual environment. And so one of the things we've been working on over the last year is truly um, not only a, a, a redeveloping the Slapfish brand to be able to deliver um, uh, on all counts of, of the expectations our, our guests would have, right? But more importantly, make us uh, or help us evolve into a, a more of a premier or premium or elevated fast casual brand, you know, because now we start looking at fast casual, there's different types, right? There's the, uh, the what I call the scoop and go when you walk in, you, you look at them and you, you, it's customizable, you scoop it and you go down the line and go, or you have where you go to the counter and you, 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 you place your order and then you, you see an open kitchen in the background and, and they're using pretty, uh, extensive ingredients and, and and there's more of a health flair to it something comes out on a very nice plate in front of you for a decent price point and mm -hmm. so we're we are venturing more on that side of it because mm -hmm. i think seafood naturally has an elevated experience with it anyway and uh, uh to see what what uh, the team has done in our partnerships with uh, uh organizations such as the culinary edge for example to help us accomplish that has been nothing but extraordinary in the last year. Um, literally, uh, as of yesterday, our 10th restaurant rolled out our brand new menu. We've got one more corporate location that we want to roll it out to next week. Um, and the feedback thus far has been, has been nothing but um, fantastic. And I think it really puts us in a really good position um, in the future. And one of the challenges you have with seafood, though, is, is the seasonality of it. Right. So we were trying to, we're, our goal is to make seafood for the everyday and not only through menu innovation, but also through our design elements and the experience that we want to deliver in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things we changed with Slapfish was our tagline and we are now uh, a coastal seafood kitchen. And what's really great about that, it allows us to be able to, uh, it gives us boundaries to play in as it relates to what our offerings are, or what our experience should look like. And the coastal is a lifestyle and, and it's a, it, it starts the vibe. Seafood is what we do. And the kitchen part allows us to have a culinary experience that not only you can dabble with seafood with, right, but you can also do non-seafood items um, because let's call it what it is. Some people just aren't into seafood or they could be allergic to seafood mm -hmm. or whatever the case is. And we do not want to shut the door uh, to those uh not only opportunities for us, but also an opportunity for our guests to experience our brand. Yeah. So um, that's the mission and we've I been on. I need to call you out. As you've mentioned, Slapfish, I need to call you out in what I hope is a good way, because I think you have the record for the fastest brand <laughs> transformation project we've done. I think you took a six-month project and squished it into four months, and you made it happen somehow. I think the prize for you is is a Lego set of some description that I'm searching for on Amazon Prime right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. It's I've been part of brand transformations before, and you have teams of you know between fifty to a hundred people working on them, and you go back and forth on testing and things like that. But I think we've been very blessed and fortunate to be surrounded by some of the best individuals um, in in our industry, not only internally here on our side through our 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 marketing. A department and our learning development department as well as our um, 
uh, uh, you know, IT um, and accounting, but also with our the culinary team at the Culinary Edge. And one of the things that we established at the beginning was we're all one team. We're all focused on this vision. And, man, everybody went after it. And uh, there were lots of nights <laughs> that we were looking at food either on a text message or in an email because, um, you know, we're in Texas and Culinary Edge is in San Francisco mm-hmm. and we've got the restaurants in Utah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we made it happen. And I could not be uh, more proud and, truth be told, more humbled uh, through that experience just to see what happens when you – when you lead a team through the two busloads of obstacles that we had to be able to make that happen. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm very proud of that, of that. You know, me too. So you like a challenge, right? You, oh, yeah. You had, what was it? You had your trial by fire at 17. They gave you the bug. And then you had this challenge of brand transformation recently uh, that you mm-hmm. steer through. And you've got another couple of busloads of challenges to steer through. Uh, it almost seems like you relish those. When I hear you talking about it, it's been a challenging minute in our industry, uh, 2020, 2022. Uh, arguably for some, many of our partners, it's getting just a little bit easier, but it has been an exceptional last few years and might be another exceptional few years. How have you managed the headwinds? I mean, I know that we talked about what happened in March 2020. Can you talk a little yeah, bit Yeah, you know, I mean, very briefly, and then kind of how we've navigated through that and, and really what's been our guiding principle through that. Um, you know, I, I, I remember the very beginning where there are rumors going out there that the country is going to close down. And, and you, you know, you, you hear rumors and, and you have to sit there and say, that can't be true. And all of a sudden, the 16th of March hit, and by gosh, we closed this country. And, you know, looking back at choosing their career path, you know, one of the the uh, uh, cost benefits of being in this business is, well, restaurants are always open. We're never going to close because people have to eat, right? Well, this is the first time that theory was challenged. And so what led us through that was really our guiding principles of, 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 of our people first um, and understanding that that whatever we do, we cannot compromise on our core values, nor can we compromise on um, the pillars of our business as it relates to uh, our people, protecting our brand. And if you do those things right, you'll have uh, the, the fiscal outcome that you, you would expect. And and believe me, there were days uh, where you, we didn't know anything. And, you, and I will tell you, um, COVID was the best risk management uh, uh, class you could ever take because the book wasn't even written and you were learning, you were guessing, um, and you were doing anything. And what was really powerful for me was when this team got pushed into a corner. And ultimately, I think our industry in general, we got pushed into a corner, we responded, mm-hmm. and now you're starting to see how much, uh, how with how much ferocity right. we can respond with, right? And the thing that I think is really interesting when you look at the history of our business is there are defining moments that change the landscape of the food and beverage industry and COVID without mm-hmm. exception has done I that. Agree. And it used to be before where you could build a brick and mortar or you can have a food truck and, and you would have people come to you. Right. Well, now that's different because COVID forced us to, we, how do we get to them? Yeah. So that adjusted our business model significantly. So when it comes to looking at out of, uh, you know how do you how do you get your brand to your consumer? 
you know, obviously there's a lot of third-party delivery and things like that. But more importantly, how do you still stay relevant uh, outside the four walls, mm-hmm. right? And and that, that's the conundrum that I think that a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, brands uh, within our industry have had to try and figure out. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's best-in-class brands. And I have to acknowledge First Watch of being one of yes. them that really took that challenge head on and did an, a miraculous yes. job. And 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 the partnership we've had with them, and to see the leadership that they've provided uh, when it comes to that has been nothing but mm-hmm. extraordinary. And I will tell you, it is by far the best lesson of crisis management you could ever go through. And and to see the innovation that has come from them, as well as other uh, peers in this industry, uh, you know, we've absolutely piggybacked on, and then that's inspired us to make key decisions, particularly with the brand transformation initiative at Slapfish. Mm-hmm. It's we need to be ahead of the curve and, and the tip of the sword as it relates to what's what's happening tomorrow. And and the key question is how do we continue to do that, right? And uh, um, if there's anything that keeps me up at night, it's, it's, it's how do we maintain our relevancy yep. into doing that. I'm listening to you and it seems like you're never happier than when you're actually stuck in a corner. No. <laughs> you know, Sorry. we're great admirers of the first watch team as well i think there is great leadership and the results show uh, the results speak for themselves Uh, i think a lot of people were shutting down restaurants um, after march 2020 including some of the first watch system and you made a decision that some folks thought was controversial to keep your stores open yeah can you talk a little bit about your thought process and why you yeah. took that step. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it, you know, again, there was so much information or lack thereof information or disinformation out there at the time. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We can go back and Monday morning quarterback it all day long. But the reality was, was that we uh, very much understood that we need to be able to be here for our people. And the last thing I wanted to do was take a paycheck away from somebody. And it's our moral responsibility to ensure that if you're here, it's our job to make sure that you've got a job as long as you want one. Right. And so we made a cognizant decision to, to, to stay open and continue to pay our team as best as we could. Um, but we had to reinvent how we were able to drum up sales. And we, we lost 95% of the sales within the first week. So I'll never forget the phone call. I, I brought the team on the phone. I said, it's 10 a.m. I'm giving this to 3 o'clock. Any idea you've got to be able to generate sales in this world where there's so much chaos and confusion right now, we'll review it at 3 o'clock and nothing's off the table. 65 ideas came to my desk that day. I have the email. I have the list. And I think 61 of them we used. Even to the point we installed drive throughs in our restaurants mm-hmm. and didn't have drive throughs we figured yeah. out how to get sanitizer and how to get uh, masks to the to the team, and uh, we reinvented our brand. And you know, I'll never forget when Dave and Buster's told me that they actually started to, you know, leave out boxes of groceries, uh, grocery boxes. And this is Dave and Buster's. It's easy to forget that, like the broadness of the ideas and the openness of the ideas was incredible at that point. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it goes back to when you're pushing the corner, you kind of see what yeah. you've got. You, you, you really get to see what kind of company you are and who you've got. And for us, it, you know, and we were 
relatively small at the time. We may and and the good news about our t- entire enterprise mm-hmm. is we're relatively diversified. So you know we can take a blow here and there, and we were able to do that at this time. But the reality was was that we had to still identify, re-identify, or reimagine how we were able to be successful, and we did. And to see how the team responded to that was mm-hmm. admirable. Now, no question, we had to make tough decisions. You know, we we did we did do a round of layoffs like everyone did. We did do furloughs, um, but uh, uh, and then uh, the we did not reduce any salaries of the managers that worked at all. And then for the leadership team, we all took a cut pay. Mm-hmm. But I committed to them that we would put that in an account, and when we had clear visibility of what was going to happen, I would pay that money back. And that lasted mm-hmm. one payroll cycle, mm-hmm. and everyone got paid back. And then we went forward. And, um, and again, the the those that we furloughed were brought back first, and and to see the the joy and the the level of passion commitment that those mm-hmm. team members had when they came back because they wanted so bad to be part of a team again was inspiring and uh i I will tell you that you know throughout you know the career uh i can point to probably a handful of times where you just sit there and you're just speechless and i'll never forget the first day we opened up at uh it was 50 Mm percent capacity or Mm -hmm. 25 percent i don't recall um what what the standard was at the time but just to see people that excited to be at work i was speechless speechless Mm-hmm. And to go through that hell together, which is what it was, um, and to come out on the end and we're doing what we do best uh, was just incredible, yeah. incredible to see. Yeah. Moving on to a different subject, you know, listening to the way you've actually come up in food and beverage yourself, what advice do you have for those who want to enter or start navigating a career in food and beverage? Maybe from... Apart from jamming yourself into a corner and being right. born in, right. in a in a jack in the box. Well, I think you gotta. I think you gotta find your passion, and and, and more importantly, I think you gotta figure out what is gonna fuel your excitement on a daily basis. Right. Um, I think the most successful individuals in our business understand that we are a people business first, and and uh, you need to be grounded in that. If you if you come here. Uh, for money, or if you come here because you get the free food, or whatever the case is, right? You got to remember we are the people business, um, you know. And here's here's the reality: Our, we have so much competition out there, right? And and uh, uh, everyone does food. Some do it great, some do it not so great, right? But the differentiator between those businesses truly is the people. And you know, again, another another thing COVID taught us was after COVID, then the which was the uppercut, right? The left hook was the staffing challenges. If you didn't have a solid foundation uh, of, of 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 culture in your in your in your organization, you had other your competitors recruiting inside your restaurant because they couldn't get staffed up. And so you need to make sure that you are a truly. If you say you're about your people, you need to be about your people because they can just go next door that day and get a job, and that is a fact. And where it's not like a profession, whereas say I'm a, I'm a tech at Microsoft, I just can't walk across the street to Dell and work for them, right? Whereas in our industry, as competitive as it is, and particularly coming out of the pandemic, it's that it was survival of can I get can I get enough people to open my doors today, right? And that's a that was a real fight. It almost was 
more difficult for that than it was going through COVID, to tell you the truth. So I think you've got to be truly grounded and, and understand that this is the people business. Secondly, I think you need to understand that it's on you're on a journey. And everybody who works with you is on their own journey. I think your your restaurant, your brand, your organization, you're all on a journey. And we have to respect the journey. And some of the sometimes I some of the biggest um uh, flaws I see in leaders is that they don't respect the journey that that they're on themselves or the team is on or the individual or even the brand for that matter. I look at Slapfish now and we're on a journey today. And there are times we're getting forks in the road. We got to decide where to go. That could be bumpy roads. It could be smooth sailing. The reality is it's a journey. We have to respect that journey. And, and almost to the point you have to humble yourself to knowing that it exists. And remember that you're lucky to have a ticket to the front row of uh, being part of that journey. Um, I think that's really important. And I, and I think the final thing too is you got to be able to, to under, to, to want to have fun because at the end of the day, no job, I don't care if it's in this industry or if it's somewhere else, if, if you're not having fun, um, why be here? And, and the, and the truth of the matter is, and I think our industry is, 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 um, is different from the perspective of not only do we have fun, but even though we're so large and diversified, it's such a tight knit, tight knit community that, you know, it doesn't take long for you to go, I worked with that guy or gal, or, oh yeah, I know who they were, or I worked with them before, you know, whatever the case is. And, uh, um, and then you start talking about the memories you had together and so on and so forth. And I can, t- I can tell you that. My very first team at Carlos Jr., this was when I was 18 years old, I still talk to half of them today. And I'm a lot older than 18 now. So, um, uh, and that's the fun part of our business, right? And again, it's grounded in people. So, So I'll tell you that's evolved, Graham. So in the, if you were to ask me this about oh, eight and a half, nine years ago, I would have told you one moment in time by Whitney Houston because uh, the song came out during the 84 LA Olympics and it was really about fighting to win to get to the top and get that ultimate gold medal, that crown, right? Um, yeah. But I think that's yeah. evolved now. It There's takes a, song, a special kind of person. Uh, that came out, so we're getting to the end uh, In the 80s, actually, now, by Kenny Loggins. we gave Meet away the spoiler it was the beginning, movie. the introduction. Over the top was You're a singer. Long. You're a guitarist. And what I love about, about that song, it's really about if you pulling your team together song, to what meet you halfway there. And um, one, it's a very inspirational song. Just the music score in it is just beautiful. The vocals and the lyrics are just absolutely perfect. But I that song puts me in this mindset of um, me and my team meeting ourselves halfway to get there, right? And when we get there together, um, there is nothing more exhilarating than uh, as opposed to getting there by yourself. And that's the evolution, I think, as, as, as a leader I've gone through in the last several years. And, and uh, uh, that would be that would be number one on the playlist if I was introduced at a baseball game, going to the pitcher's mound, that'd be the song meet me halfway. So, I think that's the perfect place to leave it. 
So Dan Anfinson, restaurateur, operator, Lego expert, lead singer, <laughs> rhythm guitarist. We can put you in a corner, but we better meet you halfway. That's right. Thanks so much for spending time with us today. It's been a blast. Looking forward to next time. Appreciate it, Graham. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to Heroes and Headwinds, a podcast brought to you by the team at the Culinary Edge, produced by Evan Sorenstein and Mackenzie Phelan. Watch your feed for the new episodes to discover which industry leader we're chatting up next. <laughs>